I want to talk to people whose resume has to be censored. Let me try them. They don't, they don't understand. I want to talk to people who only tell half your testimony. There are certain parts of your testimony that are available for human consumption. Look at somebody say, but it's complicated. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Can I work and my, my effort and my motivation and my drive is not based upon what the product will be, but more so based upon me taking pride in what I do. And so I came up with this thing called process over product and I firmly believe the process saved my life. Let me just try something. Daddy was a good man, but it's complicated. Mama was a good mother, but it's complicated. I grew up a happy child, but it's complicated. Whenever you hear people throw that butt in there, there are some extenuating circumstances, means I can tell you about this part. All in all, it was good, but, but there was some other stuff that I don't want to bring up, but that other stuff helps to shape who I am just as much as the good stuff helps, oh God, help me. Now I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything except my faith. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. And what I mean by the process, I'm talking about the way I handle my business on a daily basis and the way I go about every single aspect of my life. I live by this thing called empty the bucket. And when people hear it, they think it's a cute slogan, empty the bucket, but what they don't understand, it's an unspoken law of empty the bucket. It's an unspoken law of accountability and responsibility to me on this earth and my existence and everybody that is connected to me. I may be crazy, but I don't know. I just believe that I'm supposed to give everybody that is connected to me the best version of me. 
Yes, I said it. I said it. I'm in it and I'm here to represent it. You ain't been happily nothing for 50 years. Not for 50 years. No, not every day and every week and every minute and every moment. For 50 years, you you know, you're telling us about the good part. You're not telling us about the tough part. You're not telling us about when she spent the money that she was saving up for something else. She went out and said, you're not telling us about the extra pocketbooks up under the bed and the shoes and y'all fussing about that. You, 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 you're not talking about that new secretary he got and why she stand up looking you in the face like she's looking at you. You're not talking about he always spent all the money and he don't take care of business and you ain't talking about that you married a mama's boy and you're sick of him over your mama's house all the time but y'all stuck it out and you made it over and you saw I know you married people can't say nothing because you can't blow your cover but there's some divorced people in here that have got my back. Fall forward. This is what I mean. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball. But you don't hear about the strikeouts. People remember the home runs. Fall forward. Thomas Edison conducted 1,000 failed experiments. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because the 1,001st was the light bulb. You see, the thing about chasing a product, and what the product is, the product is money. The product is a house, the product is a car. The thing about chasing a product, the product can always change. And if your performance is always based upon the product, what happens when the products change and you don't take pride in what you do? But the thing about loving the process, everybody wants to prize, but nobody loves the process. Hey, you know what I'm talking about. Fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. You've got to take risks, and I'm sure you've probably heard that before, but I want to talk to you about why that's so important. First, you will fail at some point in your life. Accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. And I know that's probably not a traditional message for a graduation ceremony, but hey, I'm telling you. Embrace it, because it's inevitable, and I should know. Everybody wants to be a champion, but nobody's willing to put in the work that it takes to be a champion. Everybody wants to hold up the trophy and say, man, I did it, but nobody's willing to put in the work that it takes to do it. I love the process. I love the thought of working for what I want. It bothers me because if you buy that baloney that people serve out, you'll expect to see that in your life. And if it doesn't work like that for you, you'll give up on it because you're expecting it to be like what you saw on TV. But in real life, you got to go through some ups and downs and some crunch and some credit. And sometimes you stay together, but it's complicated. And you, you own the house, but it's complicated. Uh, in the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought, except for the fact that I can't sing. So I'm, I'm in the wings, I'm about to go on stage, but the guy in front of me, he's singing like, like, like Pavarotti. He's just, he's just going on and on and on. And I'm just shrinking, I'm getting smaller and smaller. 
So they say, oh, thank you very much, thank you very much, and you'll be hearing from us. So I come out with my little sheet music, and it was, it was just my imagination by the Temptations. That's what I came up with. So I hand it to the, 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 the accompanist, and uh, she looks at it and looks at me, looks out at the director, and was like, ah. So I, I start, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to sing. I'm like, and I'm not saying anything, so I'm thinking I'm getting better. So I, I just start getting into it. Running. This Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Mr. Washington. Thank you. So I assumed I didn't get the job. And I firmly believe you're never supposed to wish for it more than you're willing to work for it. Your expectations are never supposed to exceed your effort. But a lot of people, they wish, and they're not willing to work. And the great thing about life, life has a funny way of testing all of us and seeing how bad we really want what it is that we say we want. And now, as messed up and complicated as life is, now that's been messed up. Bad has gotten worse. That's why you gotta watch out about complaining about bad. But the next part of the audition, he called me back. The next part of the audition is the acting part of the audition. So I'm like, hey, okay, maybe I can't sing, but I know I can act. So they pair me with this guy, and again, I didn't know about musical theater. And musical theater is big, so they can reach everyone all the way in the back of the, of the stadium. And I'm more from a realistic, uh, naturalistic kind of acting where you, you know, you actually talk to the person next to you. So I, I don't know what my line was. My line was, well, hand me the cup. And his line was, well, I will hand you the cup, my dear. The cup will be there to be handed to you. I, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, should I give you the cup back? Oh, yes, you should give it back to me because you know that is my cup and it should be given back to me. Because the thing I know about people, people can talk to talk. And people do it very well. But life is going to hit you with a certain level of opposition. Life is going to hit you with a certain level of adversity. And life is going to say to you, you said you wanted it, now let's see how bad you really want it. But the great thing about it, if you love the process, when opposition and adversity hits, you will have a way of embracing it and using it, not only for yourself, but you will use it to make everybody that's connected to you stronger because your vision has to be larger than yourself. If everything that you do is just about you and for your personal gain, something's gonna come up against you that's gonna be a lot tougher than you. And if it's just about you, the moment you hit it, you're gonna quit and give up every time. Because it, it was kind of complicated in the palace. It, it might have been bad because on the inside he had some deficiencies and insecurities and areas where he didn't really feel like he totally belonged. But he was eating good and he was sleeping good and they was cleaning up the room and washing his clothes and pressing his little undies and stuff. It, it was real good. It, it, it was good considering, you know, what all he'd been through. He had a little bad stuff to, to kind of fight, but he was doing pretty good. And then bad got worse. I didn't get the job. 
But here's the thing. I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition and the next audition and the next audition. I prayed. I prayed and I prayed. But I continued to fail and fail and fail. But it didn't matter because you know what? There's an old saying. You hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut. So you will catch a break, and I did catch a break. Last year, I did a play called Fences on Broadway. I saw someone talked about it. Won the Tony Award. I, and I didn't have to sing, by the way. <laughs> But here's the kicker. It was at the Court Theater. It was at the same theater that I failed that first audition. 30 years prior. The point is, every graduate here today has the training and the talent to succeed. But do you have the guts to fail? Here's my second point about failure. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. But I believe in giving the backstory. Because I think the backstory shapes and molds situations and circumstances. And so I have to give you the backstory of what shaped and molded me into the man that I am today. I'm 29 years old. My mother got pregnant with me at 15 years old. I grew up on the east side of Atlanta, about five minutes away from where the Atlanta Braves play, in a neighborhood by the name of Kirkwood. Drugs, gangs, violence, you name it. And I came up in a two-bedroom home, 14 people. And I used to sleep on the floor with my grandmother, Miss Daisy Johnson. She used to come to us and she would say, one night out of the week, you all get the opportunity to sleep in the bed. And so when I got to sleep in the bed, it wasn't like I got the bed to myself. And I was like, man, I got the bed to myself. It was five more of my cousins in the bed. And so we slept three to the foot and three at the head. And now the eagle has stirred the nest. And he has to climb out of the nest and start running through the wilderness. Running through, running through a wilderness he had never been in before. And he was in the desert and God left him in the desert for 40 years. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Les Browns, a motivational speaker, he made an analogy about this. He says, imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we, we came to you because you could have brought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes? And so as a kid, pretty quick, I had to make a decision of what I wanted to do with my life because in that same house, I had eight uncles, all eight of which are still going in and out of prison till this day because they sold drugs and they were in gangs. And so I looked at it, and it's kind of like that quote that says, learn from the mistakes of other people because you can't make them all yourself. 
And so I saw them selling drugs, but I also saw the outcome. And so I said, I'm not selling drugs. I'm not joining a gang because I see what that road leads to. Either I'm going to end up dead or in prison. I said, so my best bet may be to go to the NFL. And so I went to my cousin by the name of Taman. I said, listen, man, I want to go to the NFL. I feel our family deserves a better way of life. Let's work for it. I said, we're going to be patient. We're going to engage in consistent action every night. And so every night we will go out and we will race light pole to light pole in Kirkwood. And I know, I know the enemy must have been saying, where is your God now? You out here, I thought you had a mighty destiny. Your mama called you Moses for being drawn out. I thought there was a king and a mighty man and a general in you. And all you going through is, is survival techniques for a desert you don't even you didn't even come up in. Look at you running around here. You're the king of the sheep. Every so often you go through a period in your life that seems like all your real skills are being wasted. I just got back from Africa like two days ago, so if I'm rambling on, it's because I'm jet lagged. I just got back from South Africa. It's a beautiful country. But there are places there with terrible poverty that need help. And Africa is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. The Middle East needs your help. Japan needs your help. Alabama needs your help. Tennessee needs your help. Louisiana needs your help. Philadelphia needs your help. The world needs a lot and we need it from you. No shoes. Light pole to light pole every night. And so one night we were getting ready to race. Down the street came a big blue pickup truck. And it pulled over to the side and out of it got a white guy. First white guy I ever saw in my life. True story. And my uncle Bobo who just got sentenced to 40 years in prison. He was on one corner. My other uncle Johnny, he was on the other corner. My uncle Bobo took off running and he looked at me. He said, Ink, don't talk to him. Saying to me, that guy has to be the police. Coach Trey walked up to us, nicest guy in the world. He said, would you kids like to play organized sports? I stepped to the front. I said, yes, sir. He said, go in the house and get your guardian. My uncle JJ was there. I went in the house. I said, Unc, there's a guy outside. He asked me like to play organized sports. I told him yes. He said, well, I go in the house to get my guardian. I'm coming to get you. Will you please talk to him? My uncle said, sure. My uncle walked outside. Coach Trey said, would you like to sign these kids up for organized sports? My uncle said, yes, sir. But I hate to tell you we don't have the money. He said, don't worry about the money. You get them to the park and I'll take care of it. That same guy still buys me drawers and socks until this day on Christmas, and I'm 29 years old, and he started when I was seven. It will feel like you're not being used to your highest potential. It will feel like you're living beneath your privilege. And if you're not careful, you will secretly see yourself as a failure because you don't see yourself operating in the way that you dreamed that you would. And he's just running around there saying, at least it didn't kill me. And at least I escaped Egypt. And I'm making the best of a bad situation. And all of a sudden, he has an epiphany. Just walks up on it. Wasn't fasting for it, wasn't praying for it, wasn't talking in tongues. Just walked up on it, didn't even expect it. Just blew his mind. You know, God is a master of suddenly. So you gotta get out there. You gotta give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. Because remember this, 
You will never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You will never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. The Egyptians tried it. And all they got was robbed. But a weird thing happened one night. You see, most nights after practice, everybody would leave to go home. And I always had to sit in the park because my mother worked at Wendy's. And my mother didn't get off work till about 10 o'clock, 10.30 most nights. And I would be sitting there in the park and I loved it. I didn't want anybody to take me home because when I went home, I was sleeping on the floor with roaches and rats. And so anytime I got in solitude to dream, anytime I got in solitude to think about what I wanted to do for my family and my community, I took advantage of it. And so most nights, I will be sitting there in the park and I will be looking up at the lights. And I will be envisioning myself doing things in the NFL, envisioning myself doing things to my community and just as the lights would always go out my mother she would pull up and she used to drive the old Buick Regal hubcaps off the car seats torn up the car was all beat up and she would pull up and she would put the car in park and I would always hop up I would run over to my mother I would give her a hug and a kiss and I would say mom if you don't mind can you please sit back in your car I have to do some extra drills I have to go to the NFL she would never have to work another day in your life and I knew she was tired so the question is what are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. Some of you have money. Some of you have patience. Some of you have kindness. Some of you have love. Some of you have the gift of long suffering. Whatever it is, whatever your gift is, what are you going to do with what you have? All right, now here's my last point about failure. Because the thing I understood, I wasn't just representing myself. It wasn't just about me. Everything that I did, I shifted my mindset from me to we. Now I was operating with a spirit of collective character, meaning it didn't matter what I did individually. If I didn't represent my mother in the right way, it didn't matter. If I didn't represent my lineage in the right way, if I didn't represent my team in the right way, who cares what I did individually? I didn't care if we won a game and I scored 40 points individually. Who cared? I shifted from me to we. And so everything I started to do, I was thinking about my family, I was thinking about my community, and I was thinking about my friends in a different way. And I will never forget, I got to high school, and nobody in my family had ever been to college. They all dropped out, ended up in prison. My high school, the name of it was Crim High School in Atlanta, they used to call it Crime High, they used to shoot teachers. And my first day, I walked through the metal detector, and a cop was standing on the other end of the metal detector. And he said, what is your plan, little man? I said, my plan is to go to Division One." He said, no, you'll probably go to cell block D1. I said, no, you got the wrong block. He said, I heard that before your uncles came through and said the same thing. I said, no, I'm telling you, you got the wrong guy. Sometimes it's the best way to figure out where you're going. Your life will never be a straight path. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I, 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 I took a course called the car, cardiac morphogenesis. I still can't say it. Cardiac, cardiac morphogenesis. I couldn't read it. I couldn't say it. I sure couldn't pass it. <laughs> so then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. Yeah, down. I was a 1.8 GPA one semester, and the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I was 20 years old, I was at my lowest point. And then one day, and I remember the exact day, 
March 27, 1975. I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. My mother owned a beauty shop up in Mount Vernon. And there was this older woman who was uh, considered one of the elders in the town. And I didn't know her personally, but I, I was looking in the mirror. And every time I looked at the mirror, I could see her behind me. And she was staring at me. She just kept looking at me. Every time I looked at her, she kept giving me these strange looks. So she finally took the dryer off her head and said some, she said something I'll never forget. First of all, she said, somebody give me a piece of paper. Give me a piece of paper. She said, young boy, I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now, mind you, I'm 20 years old. I'm flunked out of school. In fact, like a wise ass, I'm thinking to myself, maybe she's got something in that crystal ball about me getting back into school next fall. But you know, the most amazing thing happened, it wasn't that I went to college. I had three little cousins sleeping on that same floor that went to college. I saw friends in my community come off the corner from selling drugs and go to college. I saw friends in my community come out of games and go to college. All because I shifted my mindset and it wasn't about me. I broke generational curses in my community because it wasn't just about me. I didn't care so much about me going to college. I wanted the ones coming behind me to get it. And I'll never forget, I went on an airplane and my first time riding an airplane, I was a senior going to a football game and I went in the restroom on the airplane and as I was washing my hands, there was a sign on the wall. And I'll never forget it, my first time on an airplane and washing my hands, there was a sign on the wall. And as I was walking out of the restroom, the sign said, as common courtesy to the person that's coming behind you, can you wipe the sink out and leave it better than you found it? And I said, as common courtesy to the generation that is coming behind me in life, everything that I touch, everything that I'm a part of, I vow to God that I will leave it better than I found it. And so now it wasn't even about me. I'm going to say that again. See, if, if you understand that God is the master of suddenly, that means sometimes your life will take a turn you never even saw coming. It, 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 you, it won't be no gradual progress, no evolution that leads to a revolution. It'll be suddenly, straightway, immediately, out of nowhere, one phone call, one meeting, one person, one time, one job, and your whole life. And I said, first and foremost, the thing I want y'all to understand, I would never let a circumstance or a situation define my life. But most importantly, you know what I had invested? I had sweat equity. I had been working my whole life. And what I didn't understand by being determined to chase something, by being committed to it, and what commitment is, commitment is staying true to what you said you were going to do long after the move that you have set it in has left. You see, people think commitment is saying, yes, I'll do it on the days when it feel good. But I have been committed to everything that I ever started in my life, and I never stopped, and I never quit it. And so by being committed to everything that I started, I finished it. It built a certain type of spirit. It built a certain type of mentality. It built a certain type of individual. And so now I couldn't quit even if I wanted to. I couldn't lay in the bed even if I wanted to. I couldn't stop even if I wanted to. I had too much sweat equity in my life and everything that I was doing.
But maybe she was on to something because later that summer, while working as a counselor at the YMCA camp in Connecticut, we put on a talent show for the campers. And after the show, another counselor came up to me and asked, have you ever thought about acting? You're good at that. So when I got back to Fordham that fall, I got in and I changed my major once again for the last time. And in the years that followed, just as that woman prophesied, I have traveled the world and I have spoken to millions of people through my movies. Millions who up till this day couldn't see me. I, who, who up till this day I couldn't see while I was talking to them and they couldn't see me. They could only see the movie. They couldn't see the real me. But I see you today. And I'm encouraged by what I see. And I'm strengthened by what I see. And I love what I see. Because I understood my existence wasn't about me. I went from me to we a long time ago. I understood the process is more important than the product. It wasn't about the outcome for me. Whether I made it to the NFL or not, that was inconsequential in God's plan for my life. But I was going to fall in love with that process because I understood by falling in love with that process, it was going to turn me into a machine. Everything about the next 40 years is about to change. I don't know who I'm talking to, but get ready, 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 get ready. You see, a lot of people need things to get motivated. A lot of people need a little extra money to get motivated. A lot of people need, you know, whatever the case may be, a little bonus to get motivated. I don't need anything but breath in my body and life. And every day I wake up, I understand I got two children depending on me. I understand I got a wife depending on me. I understand I got a world that needs me. The reason I go at life with the passion and the zeal that I go at it with is because I understand every day of my life is somebody in the world that is depending on me. It may not be you. And if it's just about you, you're in trouble. Because I'm telling you, you're going to hit something in life that's a lot tougher than you. And it's going to test your will and it's going to test your heart. And if it's just about you and if it's just about the product, it will crush you. Every day I get up, I understand. It's somebody in the free world that's looking at me to see if I'm going to keep going and so I can't quit and so I went back to school the next week after they had just saved my life I was back in class I had to learn how to write all over again I had to learn how to walk all over again I had to learn how to tie my shoe all over again I had to learn how to bathe all over again I had to learn how to live life all over again and never one time did I say let me go home I need a break you can see my arm my wound is visible but it's a lot of people in this room that are wounded and you can't see it, and it's internal. And so the, the opportunities that we pass up to be a blessing to other people, we can save their life with just one encounter. When we talk about me to we, when we talk about process over product, when we talk about sweat equity, when we talk about better together, do we really understand what that means? Because sometimes the thing about life, life always comes along when we make up our mind and try to distract us. But truth be told, we all know that we're stronger together. And that's in every aspect of life, whether it be sports, whether it be business, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a family, we're always stronger. Together, it's kind of like the Planet of the Apes movie when Caesar and his guys, they were going crazy, they were going bananas, and Caesar stood back on the hill, and Caesar was trying to calm them down, and they wouldn't calm down, and they wouldn't listen to him, and the way he got their attention was phenomenal. The way he got their attention, he picked up a piece of straw, one silly piece of straw. Caesar picked up one silly piece of straw and he, he held it up in front of him. He picked up one straw and he broke it. And then he picked up two hands full of straws and he braced it. And what he was telling them, a long, 
we can do nothing. Together, strong, unstoppable, can change the world. Hey, thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. Scroll down and leave us a five-star review so that our content can naturally reach more people. Share this episode on social media. And until next time, you are full of amazing, unlimited potential. And only you can provide your gifts to the world. Go out and make it your mission to make someone else's day better. See you next time.